Hi there, this is Amy Bryant. However, friends and family call me Mishi. I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina, and a huge All Things Outlander fan. You are now listening to Outlander Cast with Mary and Blake, aka my therapy and support group. All the way from Cranston, Rhode Island, welcome to Outlander Cast. It's a podcast dedicated to the show Outlander on Stars. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome. I'm your host, Mary Larson. My name is Blake. And today, we are so happy to introduce Bobby Sue Franchella, our events coordinator for Outlander Cast, and also an amazing Patreon patron on Patreon of ours. Bobby, say a little hello. Tell us a little about yourself and your Outlander experience. Hello, hello. I am Bobby Sue Franchella, and I am thrilled to be all with you today. Um, My Outlander experience, where to start? Um, Well, I was um, wandering around on the uh, television one night, and I saw this lovely couple on horseback um, coming in, and they were dirty, and they were lovely as all get out. Um, and then there was Mrs. Fitz, and I have to tell you, they had me at Mrs. Fitz. It was over. It was done. I couldn't. I just it, there was, I, you know, she there was more. There was more, Claire. I'd, yes. I just it was over. Um, and so I, I, I had no idea. I couldn't, I, I, and I, but I, I couldn't, I couldn't put it down. I couldn't stop watching. Um, and so I figured out what it was and I went back cause obviously that was Castle Leoc. Um, and so then I went back and I watched the first episode. Um, and I was hooked. I was entrenched. Um, and then of course I watched the first, um, half of the first season. Um, and then, you know, there was the first ever coined Droughtlander. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I found the books and I couldn't help myself. And then I found you all because, you know, it's just, you couldn't, I, I needed more, 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 more. <laughs> it's like my Outlander word, more. Um, and, um, that was the end of it. Um, and then I have been entrenched ever since with social media and then, um, you all, and then I found my Outlander cast. Um, and then I met the lovely Mary in New York at Outlander in the city. Um, and she became my lovely friend. And then I joined Outlander cast back in June, the staff and away we go. Wow. What a story, huh? Yeah. Look at you. You fell bad. down the rabbit hole and you fell down it quickly. You fell down hard, girlfriend. <laughs> hard. Hard. <laughs> no, you got to say it the Outlander cast way. It's hard. Hard. There you go. That's my girl. How's that, right? Hard. <laughs> <laughs> so, my love, um, before we have, uh, before we release the hounds. Yes. Opening uh, thoughts. Anything, any, any final demons you got to get out of you uh, before we... Before we do this, no, Nothing? you know the only thing is there's debate about the CGI'd ants. That's the only hound that that I I thought we might need to talk about at some point in this episode. All right, well, you know what? Let's did you look, did you know about this? I oh, I was reading it in the comments. Oh, okay, as, good. As we were as they were discussing okay, it. Okay, so. good. I want to make sure that we we air that out. All right, so well, yeah, let's get this rolling. Let's release the hounds. Well, I, I do have to say, actually, first, that one of our amazing listeners, who wants to remain anonymous, and I appreciate that, but one of our amazing listeners actually wrote down and made a uh, a picture of the Outlander cast commandments, all of them, all six <laughs> of them. Well, technically all se- all seven, but really there 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 are really seven, but there are six numbered ones. And, uh, I, and in fact, I'm so happy about this. I put it up on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, the whole the whole shebang. 
I might even make a separate page on OutlanderCast.com just for the Outlander commandments and, and feature this photo. What? What do you think about that? I think you're Good crazy. idea, bad idea? No. I kind of think it's good. A separate page, though. <laughs> Bobby, what do you think? You Probably think I should make me. it separate? Separate page for it? Make a placard for your office. There you I go. think that might be appropriate. <laughs> there I, you go. I appreciate the political response. Thank you so much. Bobby for and that. I are the same wavelength. Well, as we always do, we start with the website. And uh, a lot of people called me out uh, this episode, oh. which it may be deservedly mm. so. You know? Sassy Cats comes in, says, just wanted to comment on the coincidences you brought up in the podcast. In regards to the mirror, at first I gave little thought to Claire's grabbing the mirror, but shortly after when it became clear that Father Fogden was reluctant to let Claire go and she was getting ready to bolt without him, I thought she was picking up the tools that she might need to go it alone across the island, such as something to start a fire with, or food, or or warmth, or to signal uh, with as she did. Then it became less coincidental and more part of her planning. As for the Artemis ending up in, stranded in the shoals of the same island Claire was on, remember, the porpoise and the Artemis were following the same route, albeit one more swiftly than the other, so it didn't surprise me that they would both go past that same island, clearly because the Artemis got tossed about in a storm, they ended up on the other side of the island in the shoals, or at least closer to Father Fogden's encampment than Claire had by just floating by in the water. So, to my mind... It wasn't so much of a matter of coincidence then that they were on the same trajectory. I mean, we don't know a lot about currents, so I guess I guess that part could be right. I, um, what do you think, Bobby? I okay. I actually have an opinion here, and I while I don't tend to agree with Blake a ton, um, <laughs> I I do generally give him a pass a lot. Because, well, A, I'm, I'm kind of nice. I'm nice sometimes. <laughs> but, uh, I, right? I'm very, very no, I'm, I'm kind of nice. But I I actually was with you a lot on this one, Blake. Um, I wasn't in love with a lot of the coincidences in this. Um, here was my big, my big thing. I needed some sort of storm in heaven and earth. Mm-hmm. Um, they made one allusion to how they're, they needed everybody on deck um, because they were going to go through this treacherous straits. Do you all remember this? Yes. Um, that was it, though. And then with like 15 minutes left to go, we know in this episode, this is the first time we see Jamie Fraser. That's a whole nother like ball of wax. We won't even go into that. But so miraculously, he winds up in Santa Domingo in the same place where his wife is um, without any kind of storm and half of the crew members dead that, you know, they are miraculously the ones we needed to be dead because nobody liked Captain Reigns. Um, so altogether, I don't think that there was enough to say that there's any kind of continuity there. There needed to be some sort of storm. We never saw any kind of rain. There was nothing that happened to say, you know, there was right? enough evidence for a shipwreck. And, right? and, and building on that, Bobby, one of the things that they did with Jared, even back in uh, the the first episode when they when they go take off on on the ship, Jared teases it by saying, "Oh, the weather's the weather's turning," and then the doldrums happen mm-hmm. with the rain coming and the bird going down. E ten show with the whole thing. And they, they they keep building to it, and then <laughs> it's just nothing. There's they don't nothing. show it, and uh, I don't know. I I don't know. My my love. What do, what do we got next? We have Kathy Offinger, who mm-hmm. said routes through the Caribbean were pretty well established and mostly based on currents and trade winds. So it's pretty logical that the Porpoise and the Artemis were on the same route to Jamaica. If you go to um, look on a map of the Caribbean, you'll actually notice that from Grand Turk, where Claire jumped ship to Jamaica, the next island any ship uh, that is sailing on that route is Hispon... I can never say it. Hispaniola. Thank you. Where Haiti, formerly called Santo Domingo, and the Dominican Republic are located. Fogden's compound was just west of Cap Haitian, on the western edge of Haiti, where the passage between Hispaniola and Cuba exists. Yep, so geography was a thing back even in the 18th century, says Kathy. Well, uh, all right. You know what? <clears throat> I got an issue with this one. 
yes, Hispaniola is a big island. Mm -hmm. It is what it is. Okay, it's probably the single biggest island in the Caribbean. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think that it is. Um, but listen, <laughs> here's the issue. There's also this other island that's in the area. It's called Cuba. <laughs> and that is much bigger than Hispaniola. I, 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 it, it just, it is what it is. I mean, um, it, like, <laughs> they could just as easily run into Cuba. And if you want to science it all up for me and talk about trade winds and currents, yeah, like, you know, you, you can make anything work with, with <laughs> one of my favorite sayings here in Boston when they're talking about sports is uh, <laughs> stats are for nerds. What, what's the scoreboard say? What? Stats are for nerds? <laughs> Stat, stats are for nerds. And what's the what's the scoreboard? Okay, and the scoreboard is I got Claire floating on um, floating on barrels. That's right. I got yeah. a boat. Then I got some kind of mysterious storm that may or may not have happened and may or may not have killed all these people. And yes, there, there's Cuba there. There's other islands. It just doesn't pass the eye test. It That's doesn't okay. pass the smell test. And if you look at it, it just it it just there's too much going on. They could even if that was the case, right? You could. The way that it all worked out is that boat could have gone anywhere in Hispaniola, but it just happens to be in the same vicinity as Father Fogden's uh, mm -hmm. little house. Yeah, it, it could have been anywhere, and it just happens to be right there, and it just so happens that a Chinaman eats a goat owned by the guy that Claire is staying with. Like, no, no. You want to science it all up on me? Okay, fine. Stats are for nerds. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Kathy Van Wessup says regarding Claire taking the mirror she is a survivalist she picked up those stones and some kidling because she knew she could use those items to build a fire having a mirror is also part of the survivalist's toolkit mm -hmm. not only for signaling but it can be used to focus and augment light lastly real ants were used but they were enhanced with CGI I could not have dealt with the ants the snake is fine but insects are creepy Ugh. Gosh. Look. How do you feel about those ants, Bobby? <laughs> Look. It was that was awful. That was awful. And you know what? Hats off, Katrina. Yep. Because if there was even one ant, that woman deserves an Oscar, a pay raise. And it was awful. I, I wanna know I, I you know what? Can we just go back and tell me that it was all CGI? Right, right. Can we pretend? <laughs> just, just you know what? So what? Did they have to have a disclaimer at the end of the show saying no ants were hurt in the filming of this episode? And <laughs> <laughs> she swatted them off. Ali Buru wrote in and said, "Oh my gosh, this episode was great. I loved it. I have so much to say." But first of all, Blake, little buddy, I told you, coincidence upon coincidence, just. Get used to it. Ugh. I think that taking the view that there is a hefty intervention of fate is the best way to get through this story. No spoilers, but I'm currently reading the eighth book, and yeah, it's amazing, but the coincidence factor is crazy. So, just... Let it go. On to the GBG. So oh Ali's good. Where to start? I actually had to write down my points because I knew I would forget something if I didn't. There was so much good. Father Fogden was portrayed quite well. I liked the actor and his interpretation. He was genial, a bit nutty, and just the right amount over the top. I like him better here in the show than in the books. He felt like a lonesome loony who smokes the oopa, oopa, oopa whatever, too much. <laughs> Opa! Oh my goodness. <laughs> and doesn't get out enough. More good was Mama. Sita watching the pain and sadness wash across her face as father talked about her darling. Oh, I can't say this name either. Amanda Hilda. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Can you ever say that name, Bobby? I couldn't say it when I read it. And you know what? I don't think any of the act, it's a lot of vowels and a lot of breathing. I right? still can't say it. I heard it 10 times. Right? You're making me feel so um, much better. It's, it was, and I love Diana. Diana Gabaldon is wonderful. That name. Wow. Right? Wow. You know what? Yeah. I, I'm just going to play this for all of us right now. I'm on Burgundy. There we go. Okay. Right. We don't know how to say it. I'm on Burgundy. Oh my God. I love it. So yeah, uh, she wrote that uh, losing a child is something you never get over. And I think Claire felt for her as well. Um, yes. Also good was the goats. I wanted them all. I'm an animal nut and I miss my goats so much. Give me those cuties. Aww. You know, this is the first time we've had a goat cute. shout out. 
(laughs) (laughs) Allie also said the bad was not a whole lot to say here other than Claire, eat that snake. It would feed you for days. I got so frustrated with that. Come on, I need that snake. I love snakes as pets, but if I'm starving on an island, I'm going to eat all the snakes. All the snakes. (laughs) What did I just say? Uh, You know what? You also deserve this one. You're a wizard, Harry. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) also you used your bum roll to start the fire the first night but then tossed the rest of it on the fire why you're gonna need to start a fire again tomorrow and that's your best source of tinder oh well she must be delirious from not eating enough woodland critters how did you feel about those guys that that she didn't eat the snake and she did i forgot she burned the rest of her bum roll yeah i don't know I, I I did see her burn the best the rest of the bum roll. I I totally agree. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't if, any piece, <laughs> if any piece of 18th century clothing needed to be burned, it was the bum roll. Yes, truly, truly. <laughs> However, they do sell these undies now. I saw them in a shop downtown where it's undies with a badonk in it. Oh, a badonk, a donk, a badonk, a donk. It's like padded undies. <laughs> Have you seen these, Bobby? needs that no they do not send them in underwear chain letters i'll tell you that that is not what i didn't get that i was wondering if we were rolling back to this no you need it like a larger envelope obviously obviously the great was the wedding marcely you sassy pants i loved how she kept father on track and also her pre-wedding chat with claire she's finally starting to form her own opinions not just parroting her mother's vitriol Mersley is such a great character. I love her. Iten Chow um, and his handy chicken in a box. He is so wonderfully <laughs> diplomatic. I just adore him. I also want that chicken, but I know Father will take good care of it. And Jamie naming Fergus. My heart was fit to burst when Jamie speaks to him. Oh, Lordy, the looks they share as he affirmed and validated as Jamie's son. They were priceless. It hit me right in the mommy bone. Aww. In all honesty, last week's drama between them makes this scene all the more meaningful. They were such on shaky ground when Jamie was all emo crazy and this made the character arcs work this show has a way of leaving things hanging one week but then bringing those loose ends together the next and i'm finding the rhythm and i'm getting my groove with it binge watching helps pull all the strings together um i'm just gonna oh and another great of course was turtle soup of course she this girl right here Allie, is her name Allie? yes she has all the greats <laughs> everything that was great she, she's gotten here and she says hugs to blankies dorcas and bubbies and rumpy pumpy all around <laughs> last 12c says other posters have already debunked the coincidence in this episode but just to, to add santa domingo is a huge island it's the second largest island in the caribbean second only to cuba thank you you, you're making my point. And you can't get there without running head on to Santa Domingo. It would have been stranger if Claire, Jamie and Claire had not both landed there. Having said that, coincidences, coincidences do indeed abound in the book series. And as Kendra and others have mentioned, there is a fate slash destiny driven feel to the entire story. I found what Claire experienced after washing up in the book fascinating, but it would have been impossible to film for the show. There was indeed a storm that affected Claire, the Artemis, and the porpoises' trajectories, but there simply was just not enough time to cover all of that. We would have needed to have an extra episode. There, There's a lot that will have to be cut out of these chapters in order to make it to the end of the story in two episodes. So I was fine with the show's alternative. I think it showed Claire's resourcefulness without making her look like MacGyver. MacGyver. Her, her pocketing the mirror was simply more evidence of her resourcefulness. I simply didn't see it as random kleptomania. I think the show did a marvelous job of not only distilling a huge amount of material into its essence, but it also took advantage of all the wonderful characters and relationships that exist internally within the show's unique storyline. A good example of this was E10 Show's scene with Father Fogden and his contribution to the turtle soup scene. Oh my gosh. There was, His little smirk. Can we just talk about that? It was like he planned it. That, 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 that's like. Of he course was like, he planned it. Don't, go, what do you think, Bobby? Do you think he knew that they were going to get a little rumpy pumpy after having that turtle soup? Do you think he knew? <laughs> a little rumpy pumpy. I, um, I, I do. I do. And here's why. I think he is um, this sort of... Um, omniscient character i think they have elevated him uh in a way that they, they they've got we've got a little Murtal. we're cha- we're channeling a little Murtal in yi ten cho um this sort of let's drive this along with this guy 
because he's got this innate likable thing. So you saw, we saw on the beach after the wedding. And so, you know, Jamie claims Fergus and that was beautiful and all the feels and I loved it. Mm -hmm. And so they all of a sudden have become this, you know, mother and father-in-law, right? And you got this young, like sort of beer aisle couple and they all of a sudden these kids have stolen the show, yeah. right? Yeah. They're the young kids and they're taken off where Jamie and Claire were our young beer aisle couple. Um, and so it was really important, really important, at least for me, um, to see them as our young, nubile Jamie and Claire. And I yes. think, yo, Team Joe, <laughs> facilitated that shall we say with that beautiful turtle from the opening scene hold, hold, hold on beautiful bobby turtle. hold on bobby i gotta oh, i gotta play this sorry <laughs> you just killed each and each intro's name did i screw it up you oh, just I'm killed sorry. it just <laughs> listen wait I, i'm gonna call him willoughby That's don't what, let me try and get girl, smart don't willoughby. worry we're calling him willoughby you just called him yo tencho and i did yo i really tencho. oh yo. she did yes. yo tencho <laughs> yo tencho I call him Mr. Willoughby Aww. too. Don't worry. I, I mix, I go Mr. back and Willoughby. forth, but I totally, I totally agree because I don't know. We're coming back. And of course, Claire and Jamie are older. They, they are the, mm -hmm. the mother and father figure at this wedding. And mm -hmm. you don't think about it, but I'm going to throw something crazy out there. Everyone knows very few people actually have sex on their wedding night nowadays. I mean, they try, but they're often exhausted. It's, it's one of the many things that many couples told me before I got married. They were like, just so you know, I didn't yeah. I didn't see, you know, seal the deal on my wedding night because I was so tired. And I was like, OK, thanks for telling me this. And then another person would tell me like the next day. And I'm like, OK, I know too much about people's sex lives. Anyway, we know <laughs> Fergus and Marceline needed to do it. But it got me thinking, how many parents are like, that was amazing. That was romantic. And this is going mm -hmm. to show you, once again, Jamie and Claire, they, their sexual attraction knows no age, especially right. in Outlander. Yes. Thank beautiful. you, Mr. Willoughby, for uh, <laughs> yeah. giving yeah. the love potion. <laughs> it was lovely. The she-devil. I loved it. I loved <sighs> all of it. How did you feel about the cherry nipples? <sighs> I have, if it was not, <laughs> if it was not pulled, it was pulled straight out of the book. Yeah. Uh, otherwise I would have given a little Blake shiver over there. <laughs> it was easier to read. I would agree with you there. Well, we had some friends on Facebook write in and Abby Gilstrap Lemon said the coincidence coincidences are largely a result of moving away from the book, which is probably why the books are 1500 pages long. Diana didn't want to be backed into a corner. And Ian, uh, that is weak sauce. Well, weak sauce. I think that, that a lot of edits to storyline needed to be changed because of time. That's what I think. I think no. we just need to believe in this universe. What do you feel like, Bobby? Uh, I think that. Yeah. I think that I have no good answer to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I you, think I'm going to go diplomatic. Nice. And I'm going to say that. What are the commandments, Blake? Uh, the book is the book and the show is the show. The show is the show and that you simply can't take something that's 1500 pages. And what, I mean, Diana said it a hundred times. It would be boring if it, we did it word for word. It would be boring. You know, Anne Gavin wrote in and she said, I like the second half of season three Blake Larson podcaster a lot. Yes. <laughs> ding for Blake. Less rubber on the edges, thoughtful, more well-rounded approach to the episode in its entirety, and maybe finally getting that Outlander is a fictional work. <laughs> or fantastical. I just made up my own word too. Fantastical work. She didn't say fictional. I said fantastical. I like them both. Thank you. I do too. And also said, not everything always makes sense, so therefore the production can be tricky. Jenny Wells wrote in, Sorry, y'all. I have felt so let down this season. I have read Voyager but fell in love with the show and the characters as interpreted by the show first. I feel sick that I continue to let the writers hold my heart in their hands. They have let me down over and over again this season. This is the first episode in the show where I have paused it. A half hour of this, when Tony Graffia said that at the end they liked Claire going through the uh, talking to the coconut because it was the closest to comedy Outlander has ever had. What in the world? Where has our innocent but snarky Jamie gone this season? We are still grieving Rupert and Angus. What is happening? <laughs> oh my. Right? 
Poor Jenny. Fictional fantastical? But again, the whole thing. uh, I go back to what Anne said. She said that sometimes these things don't make sense. So it makes it tricky for the TV production. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. That's Anne. I love you. Really, I do. But. That, that too is weak sauce. Just because it doesn't make sense in the book doesn't mean it can't make sense in the show. They, they're obligated to make it make sense. It, it just it is what it is, in my opinion. Like they're, they have to tell a co- cohesive and coherent story. <laughs> uh. I do miss Rupert and Angus and I do miss their comedy. I don't think this coconut came anywhere close to no. how much I no. laughed at those two. No, no, no. I mean, what are you feeling about uh, Leslie and Hayes, Bobby? I, oh, I, they're, they're cute enough. Um, I, I honestly wish they would have gone in a, a mildly different direction because they feel a little bit like, 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 um, a little like knockoffs. Yeah. It reminds you me know? of like a rebound. Yeah. Yeah. They it's just, like, yeah, they, they just, they, they're just there. <laughs> Definitely a rebound. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like when you're like, oh, you're cute. You'll do. I don't, I don't. I'm not like unattracted to you, but <laughs> you'll get the job done. You'll fill the the space. <laughs> oh, you'll... we're gonna leave that one alone. Oh my god, I didn't mean it to be that way. <laughs> we're gonna leave that one alone. Sorry, Bobby. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Kimberly Fries, Fry, Fries, Kimberly Fries Walker says only bad. Jamie sits there while Claire gets stitched up. Thanks, pal. Not a good change. Sheesh. Hold her other hand or something. Otherwise, I loved it. Drunk, fevered Claire was hilarious. <laughs> Four point nine kilts. You know, I actually thought about. I saw that because I my first reaction. I actually saw this like four times, but my first reaction was like, "Yeah, hold her hand, man," or like offer her whatever alcoholic beverage is in that carnival glass. Yes, right. However, think about this: if like when you're having a baby, Mm -hmm. I almost maimed my husband when he tried to touch me. So when you're in pain. Maybe you don't want to be touched. This is where I ended up. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Oh, yeah, I do. Because Mary bit me when she was giving birth. (laughs) I bit my husband, too. (laughs) Oh, my God. I love it. I love it. (laughs) Yes. So I'm thinking that's where they end up because Claire strikes me as that. Like, maybe he knew better than to touch her or Mm -hmm. to offer her anything until it was just over. Mm -hmm. But it took me, like, three times to figure that out because I'm like, this isn't Jamie. Jamie would want to comfort her like Jamie, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that was my first reaction too. like, dude, what are you, what is wrong with you? You're sitting there drinking yes. while the guy's stitching her up. <laughs> oh boy. All right. On to the emails about the theft of the mirror. Claire is trained by her life uh, with uncle Lambert and her life in world war II to scan around and look for useful items. Even if it had been in the Artemis, Claire might have still have found to flag someone down. The little mirror could also be used as a magnifying glass to start fires of the night. And about passing of the torch, as you referred to, I think you're right, Blake. But you know who I compare Ferguson Marsley to? Tell me. Ian and Jenny. Ooh. Ian is a soft-spoken man with a limb missing, just like Fergus. And Marsley is very much like Jenny and her warrior spirit. And if they are the new Jenny and Ian, then you know what comes next for our powerhouse couple. <gasps> Grandchildren. I predict that Marsley is going to be the new baby-making machine. It's a good thing Claire knows how to deliver bairns. And that one is from Ned. Great, oh, I like great, this. great, great prediction. Ooh, ding, ding. That's right? fun. You, you know what? I might even... I, you know what? Yes. This one is from Lizeth. She says, the good was... Although a bit too long, I liked watching Claire struggle through the jungle. I felt desperate right along with her. It's nice to see how the show gives Claire some more airtime these past few episodes. The first half of the show, we really got to see Sam shine. So I love that we have been able to see Katrina shine mm-hmm. now. It had, If it had been too short, I feel like we would have had a voiceover instead. I wanted to see that struggle in the jungle. Commandment number six. Show, don't tell. Bad. Those bugs crawling on the recently skinned goat head and the ants crawling on Claire's legs. No, thank you. I can't. (laughs) And the great was the wedding. Marsley stole that scene from me. The the reactions to the priest were priceless. I love her sass. And Fergus's reactions were pretty great, too. Bobby, what did you think of Marsley's sass this episode? 
I have a big, she's actually part of my GBG. She's, yay, yay, Lauren Lyle. Yay, yay. All sorts of, she is just wonderful. I called her um, my, yay for your rosy-cheeked honesty, girlfriend. She (laughs) is just, she is all about it. And she does it in a way that is, um, she's just fantastic. Um, I am, and isn't, Anne is doing um, a post on, her right yes Thank you, her. and I just I can't wait because um Marcely has long been one of my favorites um and I just think Lauren Lyle's doing a lot of justice to her and yes. I just can't wait to see what comes next with her because she's uh she's neat she's uh she's teenagery but she's got an old soul in there mm-hmm. so um that's very cool the whole thing is very very cool and that wedding the um the C O C K part is just. <laughs> it's okay. Fantastic. This this is a safe space. You can say it. I'm sorry. I spell <laughs> I spell things that are untoward. I do, and I'm sorry. It's really terribly embarrassing. Hashtag um, bomb life. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so she is. She heads off the the top of my good list. Um, yeah, what is your yeah. GBG, as a matter of fact? Let's just do that right now. What do you got for your GBG for this episode? You want me to do it? Yeah, I'd yeah. Love to, I would I'm love to hear to, it. If you want me to. I wrote it on uh, my on loose leaf paper. Look at you going old like school. That. I do, I do. I've got, look, you can even see it in my little loose leaf paper. Okay, um, so GBG. Um, yeah, so there is, I love all things Outlander. All things, all things. Mm-hmm. Everybody hears you all the time, but I love everything. So if there's anything even remotely negative in here, um, I just want everybody to know. I love my Outlander. That's right. Do no wrong. I would watch these people tie their shoes at this point. So here we go. Um, all right. Good. Lauren Lyle, all of her rosy cheeked honesty. I would, again, I would watch that lovely girl tie her shoes or lace up her boots, as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, Jamie's clavicles. Um, I believe we're going to need a new classification for those um, possibly glorious upper pecs, something of those. Mm-hmm. Um, Sincerely, my good is, um, boy, is it beautiful. Um, just the movement of the foliage, the pinky green skies, um, the, um, even that darn snake, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. I just thought it was beautiful. I felt like, um, they were announcing in a big way, you know, welcome to Jamaica. Here's the rest of your season for you. This is what it's going to look like. Um, or San Domingo as it were. Um, the bad, um, the fleshy blood level, ick level Mm. was pretty high in this episode for me. Yes. Um, and I am not my sweet Mary. It doesn't bother me quite as much as it does you. (laughs) Um, I usually don't mind so much. Um, you know, a handheld screw saw, no real problem. Um, but I found myself channeling Sally Field from Steel Magnolias, um, (laughs) When Mama Sita was holding poor Arabella's skin head by the horns, I want to know mm-hmm. why. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I want to know why. <laughs> like, I want to like, seriously, why? Like, what possible reason could Mr. Willoughby had to decapitate and then skin her poor little goat face? Like, gratuitous. <laughs> there was no reason for that for me. Like, yeah. Oh man. You know, like why? Yes. Why would they take the skin off? Like, yes. that, no. <laughs> Just, Maybe it burnt I mean, off? I don't, I don't uh, think so. Oh, that, that, that would have been charred a little bit. <laughs> You're and right. Just, uh, Maybe made gloves? I don't know. Gloves. <laughs> I'm just trying to think what you made do with gloves the, out of his face? With like the eye and the and the horn holes. I don't know, like fingerless gloves? Fingerless goat face gloves. <laughs> <laughs> you know how there's knit porn in Outlander? Now there should be just goat skin porn. <laughs> I like that you made a goat skin porn. Yeah, I wasn't going to say goat porn. That's I'm weird. I'm proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> and what was your great Bobby? Uh, okay. <laughs> I, have to come back. I have to recover for a second. Uh, um, my great was um, Jamie. Because, you know... Um, my great was this, Fraser. His name is Fergus Claudel Fraser. Oh, Jamie, all the feels. We've always known Fergus 
we've always known Jamie has raised Fergus, that Fergus worships him, but this simple act of claiming him and making two generations of family as the patriarch pushes this story and these characters to a whole other level with more depth, meaning, and beautiful purpose. Excellent. Look at you. Look at you being so all smart So beautifully and stuff. put together. <laughs> I, went, I went from goat gloves. No, you went from goat goat porn. You went from no, goat porn. No, goat skin gloves. You're the one that went there, Mr. I, I know. That, that's true. That, that's a valid point. That's a valid point. We got one other one here uh, as well. And uh, I think Susan, it, it, this is what comes from Susan. She says, I think Uncharted may be my favorite Outlander episode this season, except for A. Malcolm, perhaps. But I give this a solid five kilts, even after the rough start. Okay. I will say I was not a fan of this whole going to Jamaica but getting stuck in a primitive island story even in the book. But as captivating as the Outlander story was while they were in Scotland or even in France, I think that this storyline just smacks of lazy writing. Ooh, wow. It's like Diana couldn't think of anything more to do in Scotland and went through a lot of impractical literary gyrations to get the characters to place we found them in this episode. I remember when I read Voyager, which admittedly was some time ago, my reaction was really, it was, oh, come on, because it was bordering on ridiculous. And with all due respect to those viewers who long for the television show to stick faithfully to the book, I really hope the writers make some serious improvements to the plot for the remainder of this season. Nonetheless, I do think this episode was beautifully written and directed, and the cinematography was Stunning. So I, I, I'm not going to go that far. Okay. <laughs> but I think I think there's some middle ground to where you guys are and to where my girl Susan is. I, and I think I think I represent that firm middle ground. Don't you? Don't you think? Well, what's so funny? She gave it a solid five kilts. Well, it, I think the difference <laughs> the the difference is is that she must have loved the television episode, but she was also talking about her experience reading the book at the time too. Oh. So maybe the cinematography, the direction, and, and some of the writing from the actual writers themselves of the show made up for the inequities or the uh, not not inequities, uh, the the problems with this this t- the, with the story overall. So can I tell you something? Yes. When when I go on trips, I frequently don't plan it. That's why I love Bobby because Bobby is a planner person and she'll just plan. One of the many reasons I love you, Bobby, is you are a planner. Even if we're going to chat, you're like, what time are we going to chat? And I'm like, whoa, she likes to plan (laughs) stuff. She's good. (laughs) So I'm more of a coast and go along for the ride kind of girl. And that's how I felt about Voyager. I felt like in the storyline reading the book and even now watching the show, I feel like I'm on the raft and I am just being pulled by the tide for the ride. So I don't mind that I'm in Jamaica. I don't mind, and I'm not even in Jamaica yet. I don't mind that I'm in all these places because I, I'm i just there. I'm not guessing. I'm not questioning. Is that a problem? Is that my like non-planning person thing that I'm just like, <laughs> someone else is going to plan this trip. Wow, we're in Jamaica. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of Well, a- and isn't that why you read? You know, I mean, like... It's an adventure. You go on adventure. Sure, yeah, d- definitely going on adventures and just letting it wash over you. I think that's reasonable, Bobby. What you said. Um, I don't know, because Bobby, you're the opposite. You are a planner. You're a plan ahead kind of person. That's why you're the events planner for Outlandercast. And, and, <laughs> and how did you feel? You know, during this experience of being thrown suddenly in a different land and a different place and all that kind of stuff. Oh, I. I, I loved it. I loved it. I mean, I, I, I can see a little what she's saying. I mean, uh, Voyager was by far my favorite book, though. I mean, it was so, I mean, it was a wild, crazy ride. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, maybe I, again, you know, in the books, too, I watch people tie their shoes. So maybe I'm not the best judge. <laughs> um, but, I, you know, I, I loved it. And the fact that I think the thing I loved so much about it was... Um, I couldn't believe it was happening. You know, I mean, it, it, the first portion of the season could have been the entire story. Um, but then it's like, okay, nope, we're getting on a ship now. and We're going to mm-hmm. have a whole other story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that was unexpected and amazing in the show and in the books. Um, I, I don't know 
any other medium book show anything that has done that. So I don't know. I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of faith involved and a lot of, um, yeah, give up, let go, (laughs) go with it, have an adventure, man. That's it. You know what I mean? That's it. I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you, Bobby. I loved it. (laughs) We're going to take a quick break uh, to tell you more about today's sponsor. We wanted to let you know that episode 108 of Outlander Cast is brought to you by MinuteWithMary.com. It's a place of discovering the best makeup and skincare products while uncovering your confidence as a woman. And we also want to make sure that people know that if you are a patron at the Sassanoc level or above, that's the $10 level or above, you always will get a 10% discount. But if you're not, enough ash because I am Mary from Minute with Mary (laughs) and I am here to chat skincare and makeup and if you listen to this when it comes out Wednesday night or Thursday I want to let you know I've got some big deals some big specials some big things going on I'm trying to hit a new promotion and I can use (laughs) any and all of your help Um, and if you hear this after those dates think of me for your needs now that the skin and the seasons are changing and all things are going crazy or if you want to get a little glam for maybe an Outlander cast finale event or the one that Bobby planned you know (laughs) if you would like to be a little glam for the holidays or if you just want to feel more confident with your skin I want to help you or if you want to shame your in-laws let's let's just call it out what do you mean you want to just go in there you want to wow the in-laws you want to be like damn girl you want to wow them I can get behind that you want to wow them so feel free to reach out to me. You can find my posts on Facebook by searching the hashtag Minute with Mary, or you can head on over to MinuteWithMary.com to see all of the products that I have to offer. We're back. We're back, Bobby. <laughs> all right. Bye. All right, Marvin, are you ready to uh, do the uh, voicemails? Is Bobby ready to do the voicemails? Or do you feel like you want to discuss another pot point or something that happened, Bobby? Is there something that's itching at you that's maybe not a beetle or an ant? Or a snake. Or a snake. Or cocoa. Cocoa. Darling, I was born ready. Well, you know, all right. Let's, if you if you want to, thank you for asking me. Yeah, Bless heck you. yeah. Heck so yeah. Um, okay, here's the one thing, because I actually loved Father Fogden and I loved this dude as Father Fogden, um, because what I thought he did they, they definitely toned down the ganj mm-hmm. a little bit with him. It was there, <laughs> but they toned it down. Um, and the drinking, they toned that down, which I thought was cool. But he walked the edge of crazy, mm-hmm. which I thought was sort of neat. Did you all get um, the slightest bit of um, Kathy Bates, just for Ooh. a little while in there, Kathy Bates' um, misery vibe? Oh, Did you yes. all think? For, did you think he was going to keep her for a bit? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. All we needed was a little penguin figurine on the table next to Coco. <laughs> <laughs> you move the penguin. <laughs> His face when she was holding Coco, I was like, oh no. What? Mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't know this part of, of the book. I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> I thought he was going to say something like, Coco does not talk to you. Yeah. He only talks mm-hmm. to me. Like just to call her out on yes. it. Yes. Like that would have made Coco a little bit more important to the plot. That, but just, it, hey, what? But when they were eating, and she, you know, said Jesus Christ or whatever she said, or Christ, whatever mm-hmm. she said, and Father Fogden was like, "We do not do that." Obviously, you are weak. Whatever he said, mm-hmm. that's when I got that Kathy Bates. She's gonna break out the vibe bat. right there. He's gonna break out the bats that are busting legs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I totally got on that vibe with you. And then he perfectly was fine. But I'm glad she's not hanging out there for long because boyfriend seems a little cray cray. Yeah, he was a little nuts. That little sort of ghosty dress hanging in there. He was a little nuts. He walked the edge of crazy. I think there's a good heart there. Um, but yeah, there was an edge of crazy. Made me a little nervous. And then there was bear flare in there that also made me a little nervous. Mm-hmm. And I just was, oh, and then the tying her down to the bed. I get it. We don't want her to scratch. But that all made me a little nervous. So I was also very glad when she started running through those lovely palm fronds because I was like, we need out of there, Claire. We all need out of there. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I was, uh, yeah, I was definitely struck by um, Father Fogden. And, um, you know, Mama Sita. 
Mama Seed says uh, she's a lovely cat. I feel I feel <laughs> her pain. But boy, is she witchy. How many times is our poor Claire going to be called unfortunate names? Seriously, including a cow. Oh, wait. Cow. Right? Yeah, that's right. Yes, she did cow. call her a cow. That cow's too too big for that dress. And I wanted yeah. to be like, hold up. Is that kind of a compliment since you guys love oh, goats? Oh, man. Like, cow. what if you were called a goat? No, a cow is mean. And yeah. and did you notice how she would go back and forth between what she would say in English and what she would say in Spanish? She said everything else pretty much in that conversation in Spanish, mm-hmm. except the calling her a cow part. Oh, and whore. Oh, yeah. And, yep. Cow and... Oh, gosh. You're right. <laughs> Poor Claire. Cow and whore. Those are the two English I, words you get, Claire. <laughs> all the time. Poor... I'm, I'm sure one of your... Because I these are... Your listeners are so... They, everybody's so astute and so brilliant. I'm sure somebody could do it. Um, I wonder how many times this poor woman has been called a whore. Yes. Um, in this show. I mean, it's got to be up in like double, triple digits mm-hmm. at this point. It's ridiculous. <laughs> that is brilliant. That is a great challenge, Bobby. If one of our listeners can let us know that, yep. it would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else, Bobby, you want to comment on before we get How into You said some bear flare. Talk to me about the bear flare. What, what caught your ear? There were definite like creepy notes, um, and I'm sure they were purposeful. <laughs> To make it seem like, you know, maybe they're going to keep her. Maybe we're going to keep her tied to the bed. Maybe Coco is going to grow some fangs. I didn't know what was going to happen, but I was very, very nervous the longer she spent at Father Fogden. I love it. How did you, I'm sorry, how did you feel about the zipper situation? Uh, Yeah, I didn't like that either because, you know, how many times, again, how many times she can be accused of being a witch? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, because obviously Mama Sita knows, like as much as Mama Sita wants to get rid of her, you know, she's just like, it was just, it was not a good scene. No matter how many times, again, Father Fogden takes a nice old big old puff on that pipe. Yes. He can only calm him down for so long. Yes, I know. Maybe maybe he sticks something in that little uh, plantain mixture. Maybe it's like a cooked in thing. I don't know. I don't really do illegal substances, so I, I don't know what I'm talking about. But <laughs> maybe he calms her maybe down. Maybe he smokes the marijuana. That pipe. Are you? One time, my mom caught me smoking weed. Your mom caught you? Yeah. And she's like, Are you you smoking the pot? I'm like, Yeah, Ma. I'm smoking the pot. The pot? Yeah, the pot. Wow. Yes. Yes, Ma. That's a a big deal. All right. Do you want to listen to some voicemails, Bobby? It'll be like there's four people on this phone call. Please. All right. Let's get to it. Hey, Mary and Blake, it's Keelan from the North Shore of Boston. As always, love listening to your podcast. Hey, girl. Okay, I give this episode a bet 4.4 kills. The opening just took too long. I know, I know you're stranded on an island. I get it. But we still have so much story to tell, and golly, just get on with it. The good, Claire, talking to her new best friend, her new BFF, Coco. Wait, I mean, Wilson. Oh, wait, no, Coco. It's just so confusing. They have the exact same haircut. They look like twins. Well, maybe they're from the movie Twins with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito. Yes. Yeah, that's it. Okay. The bad. Good God, did she have to travel for three days and we have to watch all three days in real time? I know she's stranded on an island. We get it already. I don't know, Blake. Maybe you're rubbing off on me. It reminded me of the search episode. We get it. Ooh. They're just on looking and looking and looking. And really, what did we lose out of this? The last scene. They cut it short. It was just not necessary. I really wonder what kind of decision-making was going on in the writer's room when that happened. Uh, the great, oh, my gosh, the Fergus and Jamie love story continues. It was wonderful. I know Fergus was marrying Marsley, but really, I think Mer- Fergus and Jamie also had their little bonding moment. Uh, it was a beautiful ceremony, and the googly eyes that the two men gave each other, it was just, oh, it was just everything, all the feels. It was just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Um, and, of course, the honorable mention, the turtle soup scene. Yes. Um, should we rename it the turtle soup interruptus? Totally <laughs> annoying me, and I'm not talking about Mr. Willoughby. He was totally wonderful. But they just cut to black? Seriously? Anyway, it was still well done, and as always, I love the show. Um, but what I understand, I think this was Diana Gabaldon's favorite episode of the season, and I'm really oh. kind of surprised, except for the last scene. Nothing really, really stood out with me, but maybe I'm just not seeing things. Like the acting, we barely saw Sam or Jamie on the screen at all this episode. And the two new characters, they simply served their purpose. They were wonderful, well, well done. Yes. But um, are we ever going to see them again? I know Diana loves science, so maybe 
she absolutely loved the flesh-eating bugs and the steak, which were totally gross. Just ick. Well, looking forward to the Sally party. I'm totally dreading it at the same time. I can't believe we only have two more weeks left hmm. for reals. Anyway, till next time, Slan Shavar. <laughs> Thank you so much for calling in. That is, this is Diana Gabaldon's favorite episode of the of this season. Wow, that's what Keelan says. I I am surprised. I am quite surprised. Uh, Bobby, how do you feel about how they cut the end? Do you feel like they should have allowed us to see more of, you know, Rumpy Pumpy? Uh, I no. I that was. I mean, I trust me. I it's lovely. Um, but it was plenty. I mean, there wasn't what, I mean, what more, what more could, what, what more would there be to see? I don't know. Just more of more, more clavicle porn. I actually was happy (laughs) with the scenes because we weren't seeing her arm. If I, if I did actually see more, um, angles, I would have been very uncomfortable because I would have been thinking about her hand, her arm the entire time. Mm. I liked, I, I was fine with this because I was laughing I don't know. I was I was good. I didn't feel like they cut too much out, but who knows? Let's just make sure that there's more of that happening in the next couple of episodes. Let's hear the next next voicemail, Blake. Hi, Marion Blake. This is Leah calling from Chicago. I just started listening to you guys this season, and this is the first time I'm calling in. Oh, hey, girl. I know I'm breaking a commandment by bringing up the book, and while I'm an avid Outlander series reader, I... All right, time out, time out. You can't break a commandment and be a new listener at the same... What are you you doing to me here? It's her get-out-of-jail-free card, Blake. Killing me. No. Killing me, Leah. (laughs) Oh. Reader, I usually don't have much issue with the changes the TV show makes. But I'm wondering if one of the reasons why this episode is one of my favorites of the whole season is because it was so true to the book. It's a five-kilt episode for me. Okay, so my good, bad, and great. I did have a really hard time deciding which was my good and which was my great, so they could probably be interchanged. My good was the wedding. Beginning with Marsali saying maybe Claire's not the devil after all, to Fergus's very French-looking man scarf, Mm -hmm. Father Foggy Mm. blessing Claire and Jamie's marriage, and of course, the joy on Fergus's face when Jamie gives him his surname. It was such a sweet moment and my heart just melted. Bad? I honestly didn't really have any bad for this episode, so I guess I'm going to have to pick something. <laughs> I would say bugs and snakes. There you go. <laughs> I was just itchy looking at those bites. And my great. I have a feeling I'm going to be with the masses when I say the turtle soup scene. I feel so boring and run-of-the-mill picking that scene, but the reason I did choose it as my great is because I feel like it and scenes like it happen much more often in the books. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we miss a lot of that playfulness that Claire and Jamie have together on the TV show. Again, Blake, I know you're going to be saying I'm breaking a commandment, and I'm not saying I dislike the TV show at all. I just miss that aspect of their relationship with the TV adaptation. So that's my two cents on episode 11. Keep up the great work, guys. Thanks. Yay. Thank you. Thank you. I will allow the, the commandment breaking. I will. <laughs> Killing me. <laughs> it's okay. It is okay. okay. I'm actually I'm actually quite Bobby, happy. what's your stance on this issue? The the books and the <laughs> I was gonna say the commandment breaking. Oh yeah, no. Um, <laughs> um I blah. Um with the portion of the books, I mean, I, I think that they've they've done a really good job with mm-hmm. this episode. Uh, meaning how much of the books that are in there, you know, I always, I am not a book purist. I really like the mediums in their own right. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I do have to like, Blake. I need a good like Battlestar Galactica reference here, like like brain cleansing thing i have to watch the episode like four or five times so i can rid myself of all the book Mm -hmm. stuff Mm -hmm. for you know what i mean like i have to watch it twice to stop the comparisons and just watch the show for what it is Mm -hmm. um but once i do that um i can take it for exactly what it is and then the love starts boiling in and it's wonderful um but yeah, I think they um, really did a great job with this episode. Um, and then I can just simply appreciate like, oh, well, you know, you asked me about the cherries thing earlier. Um, and I go, oh, yeah, I loved it. And it didn't bother me because I know it was pulled straight out of the book. Um, so, yeah, I think they did a lovely job. And I understand exactly what this nice lady was saying. Mm-hmm. Bobby, this one's for you. 
So say we all. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll do the next one. Hi, Blake and Mary. This is Alex from Maryland. I hope you guys had an awesome Thanksgiving. This is my first time calling in, and I felt like it was necessary because this is my favorite episode by far of the season. I'm definitely giving this episode five kilts. Um, And I'm going to go through my good, bad, great. So my good was Marsley and Claire starting to bond prior to the wedding. I can definitely see that relationship building in the future. And I'm excited about that. The bad were those fire ants on Claire's legs. I seriously can't imagine how awful that was. Um, And also how slow the beginning of the episode was. I know it was necessary, but it was a little too slow for me. The great was Jamie and Claire's reunion. My God, Mm -hmm. that was the passion that we've been waiting on for so long. And that was what I would have wanted to see after a 20-year reunion. Um, Another great was when Jamie says Fergus's last name is Frazier during the wedding. That just pulled at my heartstrings and made me so happy. The wedding in general was an awesome scene. Um, This episode had a lot of humor, passion, romance. It had everything. And my last great was when um, Mr. Willoughby was checking in on the turtle soup. I think <laughs> that was the funniest part of the entire episode. <laughs> well, I'm giving this episode five kilts. It was amazing. And I can't wait to see the rest of the season. I hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving and have a good rest of your day. Well, thank you very much. We did have a great Thanksgiving, as a matter of fact. Yes, we did. And thanks for calling it. You know, it's so funny. Now that you're saying, using the words checking up on the turtle soup, it solidifies my idea that Mr. Willoughby knew what was going to happen with that ch- turtle soup. Because otherwise, like, why would you come up and be like, oh, how was the soup? Yeah. What are they going to say? Terrible? Yeah. Bro, it sucked. Yeah. You know, <laughs> he, he knew. He knew what was happening. <laughs> All right. Let's do the next one. Hi, Mary and Blake. This is Martha from Berkeley, California. This episode was five kilts for me. I loved it. I had all the feels. The scene that made the episode for me was the Fergus Fraser moment. It is one of my favorite moments of the entire series so far. By giving Fergus the Fraser name, Jamie is saying, you are my family, Mm -hmm. you are my son. Just as Mm -hmm. he told Claire that she was now his family after giving her his name in the wedding episode. Jamie's name and clan is so important to him and is probably one of the greatest gifts he could give Fergus. Caesar and Sam played this moment beautifully and it had me in tears. I also loved Marsley's sass and Fergus's Hmm. comment about loving a woman who speaks her mind. It was a nod to Claire and how Jamie Hmm. feels the same about her. I also loved the reunion moment on the beach it was so beautiful, and Bear McQuarrie's music, as always, was stunning. Mm-hmm. Thanks for your amazing podcast. I always look forward to it, and I hope you have a great week. Yay. Thank you, Martha. Thank I really you. appreciate that. that nice. Very nice. Uh, you ready for the last voicemail? Yes. All right, let's do it. Hi, Blake and Mary. This is Caroline from Chicago. Um, I'm going to go right in with my GBG. My good was the burning of the waste donut. <laughs> I have hated that donut since <laughs> season one. It looks silly. It looks uncomfortable. It looks hot. And when she got down there and she burned that thing, it felt very liberating. Yes. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But it also felt, um, it also showed how resourceful and how smart Claire mm-hmm. is. And I enjoy that aspect um, of the survival montage. However, my bad is how long the montage was. It was 15 minutes of this third to last episode. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of uh, character development and plot development that we missed out on. And I would have appreciated less of that and more character interaction. My great was Marcely and Fergus. I feel like that the four of them are becoming more of a family. And I feel like this is going to be the start of the four of them being together in a less crazy way and huh. being more supportive and, and moving forward into season four. Cause we do only have two seasons left, uh, two episodes left. So I keep reminding everybody, but I'm liking where this is going. So can't wait to see more. Mm-hmm. Thanks guys. You know, I think there's an argument here uh, to be made from Caroline and it makes sense. We only got so much, uh, real estate left here, why are we spending 15 minutes mm-hmm. 
you know, on this trek through this random island. I, I, there's a conversation to be had. I, I'm of a different opinion. I felt that it was necessary, and I feel like it was the most interesting part of the show, uh, of, of this episode. But we could at least conversate about it. Uh, Bobby, what do you think about it? Do you think they spent too much time on there, or do you think it was worthy of our time? Previous love, my outlander, tying shoes, love <laughs> Katrina. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, um, I, I just, she, you know, she's a badass. We all know it. Sur- survived three days in the wilderness. Wow. I mean, we couldn't have shortened that just a little bit. We yeah. couldn't have done a time lapse. We couldn't have any of that. Like, hurry it up to Father Fogden and showed. I mean, she looked atrocious it beautifully atrocious obviously but wow yeah it was it was very long and i i couldn't believe like we couldn't have done the fire ants or the snake yeah do you know what i mean like we had to do all of these things um so yeah it for me it was it, it, it was too much um and i i wish they would have shortened it um and then again to have jamie pop up with 15 minutes to to go in the show mm-hmm. um with really no explanation um, of why his ship is wrecked. Um, again, that I, I, I love this. I was at 4.8, 4.9 for my kilt rating. Love the show. Um, but yeah, too long. <laughs> well, uh, I think we're going to end up closing this bad boy out. Um, my wife actually had to go upstairs and take care of our son ah! who is, is crying right now. I'm not sure why, <laughs> but we'll, oh. we'll, uh, we'll close this bad boy out. And, um, before we close out this Pulitzer Prize winning episode of um, Outlander Cast, Bobby, do you have any final thoughts? Any, any last demons you got to get out of you before we move on to the next week? Next week? No. I mean, fans, it is upon us. Two episodes left. <laughs> I am excited. It's going to be wow. Wow. I can't imagine how much they're going to pack in there. And I just love this outlander family and this outlander cast and thank you blake and thank you mary for letting me drivel all over your fans and thank (laughs) you all for letting me be on this podcast and be a part of this family um and that's really it me and my pokemon headphones are gonna head on home (laughs) well before you head home I, i will say uh I think you're right, Bobby. There, we only got two episodes left here, and I said this last episode, but I'm going to say it again because it's. I think it's 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 vital to reiterate. We don't got a lot of real estate left, and we haven't Mm-mm. even touched on the entire reason why we went on this boat trip to begin with, which is finding we Ian. We have to. Where's it, Ian? Where the hell is he? Like, <laughs> like, like figuratively and literally. Like, the, the, he mm-hmm. is off, and it's almost like we have totally forgotten the entire reason we are here. And mm-hmm. I, I, it's something that I, I have a hard time with. So, uh, all right, we are going to um, bring the hounds back in here. We're going to close this Pulitzer Prize winning episode of Outlander Cast out, and uh, let's let's do that. Let's do it. Well, like we said, um, this is the end of the episode, and uh, usually my wife does close these these shows out, and I'm terrible at it, so you're just going to have to bear with me as I do it. Um, so please find us at outlandercast.com, and uh, you can check out all of our amazing blogs or all of our amazing podcast episodes that you're actually listening to right now. And uh, you can also find Patreon there, and if you want to become a member of the Outlander Cast patron group, just like Bobby is... Uh, you can uh, go to Outland- I'm sorry, pi- patreon.com slash outlandercast and donate as little as $2 a month uh, to listen to my analysis of the book Outlander, which I will be doing more once this season concludes. And you can also listen to our episodes early. Uh, and many we have other things going on as well. We, one of our great goals is that if we get to $1,600 per month, we you guys, the listeners, will be able to actually decide our off-season podcast you can decide bobby what's your choice for our off-season podcast what would you choose if you were to make us podcast about something i would probably go with john hughes 80s movies oh good 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 little 
16 candles and yeah oh yes ferris bueller's day off i could I oh could, yeah i could totally get on board with that um yeah. so you know maybe maybe that's one of the choices maybe we'll be doing john hughes films you, you never know it's a funny world uh and lots of crazy things happen as we know from this episode apparently but as i say stats of the nerds uh so either way <laughs> Uh, please do become a patron at outlandercast.com or patreon.com and uh, I am very looking forward to our our finale party and uh, Bobby is the one who who ended up planning it really she she did all the all the hard work I just you know she just I just <laughs> I'm the one with the money <laughs> go go plan and uh, Bobby is there anything you want to say about the party um, that, that that we got coming up um, we are going to have a fantastic time. We have got some amazing vendors. There is um, gentlemen from a place called Scrim Shanders right there in Rhode Island, and they do some amazing handcrafted um, art. Um, we have Caledonia Fine Arts, who actually do um, Outlander-themed tours of Scotland. They will be exhibiting for us. We also have a kilt maker coming, um, and they are going to measure three of my four little boys. Nice. Um, to their chagrin, they are going to be having kilts for Christmas. It's all <laughs> happening. Um, so that uh, is, we've got splendid vendors. Um, we're going to be doing a great viewing. We are all super excited. Um, we can't wait to hang out with some of our Outlander cast faithfuls. Um, Mary and Blake are going to do um, an awesome podcast afterwards. Um, and, you know, it's our, it's our, it's our first year. Um, and so we are just, it's an exciting time for us. And I am just um, happy and excited that you all sort of said, Bobby, go do it. Let's, you know. <laughs> Let's, let's get this thing planned. So um, we're excited to celebrate with everybody. Um, and December 10th. Right. And if, it, and if you can't, if you can't come, we will be doing Facebook lives there. So you yeah. will get to see all the, the amazing fruit that is born out of Bobby's hard work. So for now, ladies and gents, my name is Blake and we are joined by. My name is Bobby Franchella, and you have been listening to Outlander Cast. Look at you taking over Mary's role there. I was going to say it, but you took the <gasps> ball and roll with it. Love it. I'm so sorry. It's written. I'm sorry. No, no, you did a great job. It was fantastic. <laughs> great job. All right. Much love, everybody. Thank you so much. We'll see y'all.